thank you for clicking play and clicking download and basically keeping us alive. This is the SGP Podcast or the Smart Gilas Pilipinas Podcast. My name is Stan. My name is Ro. And wow, what a week it has been. You know, we're coming off a long weekend. And on that holiday, the last day of the weekend, guess what Ro and I have been up to? We actually took part in the hashtag ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Who knew that somebody would actually nominate us? Right, and we didn't. And we, we say we participated. We didn't just do the the challenge. Right, we actually gave some money. And this is not just us tooting our horn here. But you might uh, some some of you might think that oh, nakikusod ng sila hindi naman sila sikat na bahana man nag-ice bucket challenge ng hindi naman sila nagbigay ng pera. No, we we did. We went all the way, brother. We did. Uh, and if you want to donate to ALS, donate to a good cause like. ALS Awareness, ALS Research. It's ALSA.org or www.alsa.org for all of your donations. And of course, it's kind of nice to see everybody get involved in a cause much bigger than ourselves and seeing all these vi- uh, these videos on social media. And my, No, but my video is only in the SGP Facebook group because I'm no celebrity again, not like you are. I'm not a celebrity either, Whatever. Well, between the two of us, you are more of a celebrity than I am. So I posted that shit on the SGP Facebook group and I just posted it there because I don't want anyone else to see it because, you know, they might get ideas in their head. Right. Um, yeah. The, you know, snide, snide remarks in their head. And But that's cool. You know, let people think what they think. We can't always, uh, you know, expect yeah, people okay, whatever. to think what I, they I, want them to. It's just drama that I'd rather not deal with right now. Sure. That's cool. And the thing about my challenge is that there was no ice in the bucket. And I, would expl- <laughs> and I, I explained in the video that I went up and down the street in which I live in. Went to three different stores, two different Seven Elevens, and one, uh, you know, pop mom and pop uh, grocery store. No, there was no ice in the coolers. Buti na lang may ice salmon. I was able to do yeah, the challenge. Yeah, right. And then some. No motherfucking ice in the motherfucking coolers. Right. And then when I checked again, when I was at Seven Eleven again, t- kanina today. Yeah. There was ice. Wow. <laughs> at, on the day I could not do the challenge. There was ice. That's fate fucking with you, brother. I know. But anyway, like I said in the video, my, the, the water from my shower is pretty damn cold. So it's like taking an ice bucket challenge every morning. So a lot of difference, right? Yeah. Well, there's a difference. It's a little but that's about it. How was your challenge? Man, my challenge was actually okay. Uh, you know, I was able to buy ice uh, in one of the Sadi Sadi stores on my street. Can you believe there are three Sadi Sadi stores on my street? And, and they all had ice. No, the last one had oh, ice. Okay, okay. Only the last one. So I bought four bottles of yellow. Mga 20 pesos lang yun. So I, I took that home, right? I put it in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I just doused myself. It was actually fun. I, I thought I was going to get sick. Thank God I didn't get sick because I, I, I am coming off, you know, meeting Spider-Man, getting sick, and then I'm going to be doing some, some gigs every now and then. So I, I can't afford to get sick. I wanted to do the challenge with the coldest water possible. So You are sick. Well, you know, it's training. For, for what, I don't know. But it's good training for something. If you want to try to keep being a badass, then yeah, sure, go right ahead. But, you know, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, like we said earlier, it is for a good cause. Another good cause, actually, is anti-bullying, anti-hazing. And those are two right. things I like speaking about precisely because I grew up as a victim of bullying even until my fourth year in college. We are wrestling fans. We are naturally big victims of bullying. Right. <laughs> even in my fourth year of college, bro, I was actually almost a victim of, of, oh, of I know this, violence. I know the story very well. And that's why when that's why when Aaron Valdez is it fourth uh, year? Oh, yeah, your fourth year. Yeah, my, my fourth year. year. Your fifth was, year, yeah, right. right? That's right. why when Aaron Valdez went my up to friend, me, my good friend, went up to me and told me that uh, they were advocating anti-bullying, anti-hazing. I was like, dude, I'm on board. What do I, what do I need to do to help you out? And he was like, simple man, you just gotta interview Sean Marin. And I'm like, I'm fucking in. 
I'm totally interviewing Sean Marion. Uh, as we record this, I'm about... Why don't, you, why don't you give it to him straight? I told you there was going to be an interview with Sean Marion and Tyreek Evans first. And see, this is this is where I come in and actually just thank the fact that we are doing this podcast. We're getting ourselves <laughs> yeah. out there. Got to thank you, bro, for for making it happen. Actually. I was just the messenger, so it was all it was all him and it was all you. Thank you for being the messenger. I, like I said, I'm just coming off meeting Sean Marion of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Great interview. He really knows his stuff, obviously, because he's you know he's he's been in the league 15 years, entering his 16th year. I'm going to be posting um, the video of that interview on social media. So do follow me at Stan947 on Twitter, and you can also follow Ro here if you want to just uh, you know chat wrestling all day. And yeah, I do chat wrestling all day. You would never believe it. It's so crazy. I'm like a nerd. So at Ro is war. Now the other guest that Sean Marion took with him was actually Lacey Jones. Now if you're unfamiliar with her, dude, you should Google her right this. Second, she is a professional poker player, but on top of that, she's also a member of Mensa and she's a fashion model. Beauty and brains all in one package. You gotta be smart to be a good poker player. Jeez, it's not dude. just dumb luck. The moment she entered, I was like, I think you are the proof that God is probably not unfair. Because like to some people, yeah, to some people, like she is the. There's gotta package. be a catch. I'm sure there's a catch. You just haven't seen it yet because you only met her for how many minutes? For like 10, 15 minutes. Exactly. Baka, baka. Pero you know you should check out her Twitter. She has good photos out there, which I'm not gonna describe in total detail, lest I <laughs> lest my nose bleeds right here, right now. But yeah, it, it was a great experience, and that's pretty much how our weeks have been so far. But we have, you know, we had a very colorful week in wrestling. Ro actually called this past role one of the best episodes. Of the year, it's personal opinion. Uh, not the one, the best episodes of the year, but it's the it's an episode I really, really loved. And I said this on the SGP Facebook group. I really just said I really love this episode of Raw. Right, and not, that doesn't mean it's the best, it, or that it's one of the best. It's up there because um, I like to think that they hit all the right storyline points in this episode. But there are things we liked, things we particularly didn't like, and we're going to get into that list right now. Things we like and didn't like in pro wrestling this week, we call this list Spots and Botches. Let's start off with our first spot. Let's go back to SmackDown. And if you if you watch SmackDown, you've probably noticed how you have to fast forward through so many segments because they're all replays of Raw. That's a botch right there. But I, I do got to say that I'm kind of thankful for it because in the weekend, that's that's when I usually try to catch up on my on the wrestling I missed due to work and not having internet where I live in Mahati. Right. So it's a blessing that I get to replay so many things. I get to fast forward through so many segments on SmackDown. Just because they're replays from Raw or Main Event, whatever, wherever something important is happening. I guess the one good thing I can yeah, find that's, that's, it, that's about it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like, let's say you're anticipating yourself watching a 90-minute show. You fast-forward through all of that, and you're like, wow, I just watched 60, 75 yeah, minutes of programming. Yeah, it gives you more time to go, through, go watch uh, Main Event, NXT, TNA Impact. Everything else I want to watch. Or um, do whatever you have to yeah, do through exactly. the weekend. Like so, do your laundry, do your errands, do whatever, right? Right. So thank you, SmackDown, for that. But it, there is We're not done with SmackDown yet. There is too many. There are too much replays on the show. But um, it kind of sacrifices TV time, potential TV time that could go to wrestlers really needed in the undercard. Amen. I, I, I do agree with that. But yeah, we're not done with SmackDown because our next item on the list is a spot... Tom Phillips has been called up to join the main, well, the main roster of commentary. Right, and we don't know how, what the setup is, but I do hope that it's kind of permanent for SmackDown. I do hope that Tom Phillips gets partnered with JBL on SmackDown, 
And for Raw, you get Cole and Lawler. But as it is right now, at least as of last Friday SmackDown, you have Tom Phillips, Michael Cole, and JBL with Tom Phillips assuming the duty of head play-by-play commentary. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a welcome change because um, you finally get um, a, a Tom Phillips setup that doesn't sound too bland or too, you know, monotonous. Because when, when you pair him with Byron Saxton, you can't, sometimes you can't tell who is who. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. And, and now, now that he's on SmackDown, whether he's working with JBL only or both JBL and Cole, you can tell who Tom Phillips is. Because you know the bosses of JBL, you know the bosses of yeah, Michael Cole. Cole is the overacting, high-pitched, play-by-play commentator. JBL is the annoying, southern, southern drawling caller commentator. And then Tom Phillips is straight-up new- neutral. Straight up uh, neutral sports broadcaster. Right, right. And I, I mean, Tom Phillips isn't perfect yet. He has a long way to go in terms of building his own personality. Because in wrestling, especially in wrestling as a commentator, I really think you need to have a particular personality because it helps you tell that story, right? It helps you give that point of view. And Tom Phillips, he's going to grow into that. And I'm willing to see it through at least until the next few, this next is, few months. Yeah, this is assuming that he actually makes it back on SmackDown this week. Hopefully, he does. I'd like to think he does because Michael Cole did introduce him. Um, if you're speculating as to whether that was Michael Cole's last SmackDown or not, we're doing the same thing. Well, the way he introduced Tom Phillips is that I thought that was going to be the case. But um, here's your new head PVP guy, and I thought Cole was a head PVP guy. Or if not the last, maybe one of the last stretches because Cole's not getting any younger. He's right. probably, you know, he's probably too exhausted from doing two shows, maybe three. Uh, a week, yeah. So there you go. Maybe he's maybe he's setting up for um, you know a, a, a lower workload, a smaller workload, which we can't totally blame him for. Next item on the list, we have Roman Reigns finally, finally acknowledging the Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose feud, which is a good thing. Finally, finally, that guy. Because come on, guys, three people in a group, uh, one of them turns on the other two. You leave the other one hanging. You'd expect those two guys, Dean and Roman, to actually team up together and go up against Seth. That was Kane, the, that was authority. the ideal setup for going into SummerSlam. Yes, it was, but that didn't happen. I guess because they wanted to propel the singles career careers of all three guys. Right, and that's the botch. The botch there is you know, it, t- it took him two months, and the only reason that it might be sensible is that if they're actually setting up for a three way at WrestleMania or wherever. Right, a big a big three way match. Meaning, pinapahabalan nila storyline. They're trying to extend it and milk it for what it's worth. But the way it comes across to me is Roman Reigns seems so much dumber than Batista ever did in Evolution. Because you know, Roman Reigns and Batista they were actually compared with you know, compared to each other as the muscle of their respective fas- uh, factions. And you know how it is when you're the muscle in the faction. Right. You're normally portrayed as the dumb guy. The idiot. Yeah, and I was trying to come up with a way to explain this. Uh, the one, I, the the one thing I came up with was that maybe Roman thought that Dean could handle it on his own. Right. But everything, every logical explanation, every possible explanation gets thrown out the window when you remember the fact that Roman Reigns took the brunt of the turn. Yeah, he was the one who got hit the hardest. And right. I find it hard to believe that uh, Roman Reigns is the type of guy who you just hold up the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in front of him like a carrot, yeah. and then he's going to get distracted for the next couple of months. Scum- I can't buy that. Hashtag scumbag Reigns. That's right. He is a scumbag for that. Two months, man. What the fuck, Joe? What the fuck, Joe, indeed.
So Let, moving on, yeah, are we done with here? Yes, are I we think we're done here. Right, right. Let's get to our next spot on the list. Right. Uh, if you saw NXT last week, they've got this number one contender tournament for the tag team championships, and the main event of last week's episode was a tag team match, a semi uh, semifinal match between the team of Sami Zayn and Adam Rose versus Kalisto and Sin Cara. The only reason why this is a spot is because it was a good match and the right people won. Uh, Sami Zayn and Adam Rose do not need to be challenging for the tag team championships. And you need to give it to a team that is as good as Kalisto and Sin Cara. And Kalisto is the real deal. If you have not seen a Kalisto match at all, you are missing out. No, yeah, you are missing You're out. You're really missing out. This guy is the real guy to replace Rey Mysterio. He's he going to be the likely... next... He's going to be the next big Latino star. I was about to say that. He there most go, likely will yeah, be right. the next big Latino star WWE and, has been looking for. And Sin Cara, um, they're really giving Unico the, the short end of the stick for, on the main roster for, the, for his talent as Sin Cara. Because he is now, I, now I know, he is the best, the better Sin Cara. Right. He Even has better, been better than Sin Cara. the original Mystico. And and we see that in the way he moves around the ring, the way he uses the move set, and even the fact that he he's is, managed to stay healthy. He, he is that damn good. He is, and he, he is. can speak English. That's right, which actually helps communicate with the audience and helps him do proper business backstage. These two could be the next Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Wow, that's no, no, no. that's a heavy burden no, to put on their shoulders. But it's not far fetched. I know they can do it. They're that damn good. I hope they don't split them up soon enough, though. No, it's fine. I mean, basta they keep him around and. I just really wish that they would take a chance with Sin Cara now that Huni goes behind the mask. Speaking of... T- yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Go on. Sorry. No, I was, I was, no, 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 no. Uh, bringing up tag teams, actually, because we are talking about tag teams. The next item on our list is related to tag teams once again because we saw a tag team championship match on Raw this week. The Usos defended their championships against Golden Stardust. Now, first of all, I have an issue with that name, Golden it's Stardust. It's really stupid. Gold and lazy. Stardust. It's lazy. I would have taken Dust Brusters. Yeah, I like Dust Brusters, by the way. <laughs> Even if JBL totally shits on Goldust and Stardust for calling them the Dust Brusters, I wouldn't mind calling them that. I wouldn't mind calling them the Brotherhood either. Then again, they were more human under that the Brotherhood name. Right? There is a problem here. That's why this heel turn is a botch. Right. If you didn't know by now, by the way, Goldust and Stardust turned heel. At the end of the match, Jey Uso got counted out because he hit, one of his knees was injured. And the referee uh, you know, declared the Goldust and Stardust as the winners. But because you can't win the championships on a countout or via disqualification. Oh, by the way, by the way, have you noticed that this is the second countout uh, in a title defense in a row? On Raw. That's right. Because the last one was last week's Intercontinental Championship right. defense. Uh, just- Nothing, just just putting it out there. But yeah, uh, you know, the Usos got counted out. Goldust took the mic. You could see Stardust protesting, and then palang I could sense that something was amiss. Yep. Because normally Stardust would be all freaky. He'd be smiling, you know, very vocal with his hands like a mime. And then he started breaking out as a human. Like he started protesting, which I thought was kind of out of character for Stardust until Goldust took the mic for himself and said that it wasn't supposed to happen that way because that was their only opportunity for the tag team championships. And it was really bad because you spent all these months building up Gold, gold and Stardust as a bizarre weirdo team. Looking for the cosmic key. And that was something people could get behind because it was strange and new. Right. And then you do this. It was eccentric, right? People loved it. And then you, do, you reduce them to nothing but humans who are greedy. And it doesn't work anymore because you, you just tore down all that stuff well, I, I'm speaking uh, maybe too soon because for all we know, they're 
they're still gonna do the whole weirdo shtick next week or on on SmackDown wherever. But I still don't like the way. Yeah, that they of did course, it. I don't like the way they did it, and I I would have preferred if they, um, you know, tied it all to the weirdo angle, to I, the bizarre angle. But uh, here's my suggestion for it: uh, a bit of fantasy booking again. Yeah, sure. Please pardon me. Um, maybe they would. Uh, they could have treated the tag team championships as the fabled cosmic key. Right, and if they right? were going after that, then that would give them the desperation to yeah. make sure that maybe they, got they it at maybe all they costs. maybe they were so desperate to get the cosmic key that they have to do everything they can, including turning heel. See, my thing about that heel turn and about them breaking out of character was that Goldust did it for like a split second at SummerSlam. Like, remember when he stood up to Kane? That was okay. That was you know that was something you could dismiss. But when they turned full on human for that that last segment uh, during their tag team match, it was jarring. It was really jarring, Pelaga, and because I do want to see them succeed with the bizarre characters, so especially do I. Stardust. So do I. And you know, I brought this up last week. If there was someone who was going to turn heel, it was most probably going to be Goldust and Stardust. Yeah, and I did say that I did want the Usos to be the ones who turn heel. And I'm going to. I know. I'm like we were chatting. I No. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to admit that, of course, Goldust and Stardust are the better heels between the two teams. Right. And I can see that now. Uh huh. But that doesn't change the fact that I can see the Usos turning heel. See, the thing I, with the Usos I, I, I'm, is... I'm just saying, no, with that, I'm just saying uh, it's not far-fetched. I can see them pulling it off. That's, that's, that's it. That's what I was trying to say last week. I think that's fair. But, of course, we all know damn well by now that the Usos are the best face tag teams. Yep, and I'm the guy who said that. I'm the guy who said that. Exactly. Okay, so I'm going to admit that I was wrong here. That Thank um, you. Thank sure. you very much. Uh, yeah, okay. But... Yeah, the Usos can still pull it off. I know they. I know they can. Speaking of heels, how about Cesaro as a dickish heel? He was just doing it to perfection on Raw this week. That's yeah. a spot I'm in just, my book. No, I'm just thankful that they're restarting Sheamus versus Cesaro because there, that, there's a feud that I'm gonna watch, and that's a feud I could get behind. Like I don't care who comes out the winner in that feud. I think both men could come out stronger out of that. Yeah, feud. I don't care what you feel about Sheamus. I don't care what you feel about Cesaro. You have to keep your eyes on those because we're gonna get some real good matches out of these two. And I love the nuances that Cesaro has incorporated into this recent run as a dick. Shield. Like I love how he takes Sheamus' championship and then he throws it back to Sheamus. Yeah, well, this guy is doing everything he can to get over as a heel. You know the last time somebody disrespected a championship? When? Alberto Del Rio during that heel turn, that double turn with Dolph Ziggler at payback. No, that's true. When that's he true. kicked AJ's championship, I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Anything and everything you can do to be a heel, you do that. Del if, Rio is that guy. If you have to disrespect the championship, you do that because that's what you get or that's what you do to get people to boo your ass. Right. So, so thank you, Cesaro, for being uh, the perfect example of the dickish heel from this week's episodes of Raw. Now, uh, how about another, another spot this week? Going back to characters, AJ as the female version of the cerebral assassin. If you haven't, if you don't know yet, uh, they're taking things up a notch with the AJ Page feud. Uh, as we saw before, Page was the was the weirdo weirdo frenemy, uh-huh. trying to get on AJ's good side, trying right. to be affectionate, just to try to get in her head. Right. But this week on Raw, AJ turned the tables around by upping the ante even more. She hugged Page and kissed her hand. It was so funny. Like, when she hugged Paige, it reminded me of Team Hell No. But then when she kissed her hand, I was like, hold on a minute. Is this some Trish Mickey shit going down? It's Trish Mickey shit going down. But we all know it's, um, they're trying to one-up each other with the whole freakiness factor. And it, it's only get, going to get more exciting from here, provided that AJ doesn't sandbag Paige. Sanadang, um, you know, um, they, don't, they get more time whenever, whenever they're going to have the blow-off match. Yeah. 
I hope I hope it wasn't as short. It isn't as short as they as they went in SummerSlam. I believe they got five minutes from that match. Right, they did. And yeah, if we're going there, I hope it's going to be big, because I, I I know these two have it in them to put out a good match. And, and we haven't been, just we just haven't been getting that lately. But they've been trying their best to develop that feud, and for that, you know, we still we still give them a spot on our list from this week. Yeah, this feud made a bit more sense now after Raw. Speaking of feuds that make sense, how about Jack Swagger's resurgence in his babyface run through his feud with Bo Dallas? Yeah, I love it. I I wrote a column on LordsOfPain.net. You should check it out, by the way. Totally yeah. check it I'll out. I'll post a link later when I get home, maybe or maybe now after we finish recording. But yeah, this is really good. This again, I'm gonna tell you, this is what I wanted from Jack Swagger when they made the face turn. And Jack Swagger right now is as sympathetic as a face can be, and that's that's only good for Jack Swagger right now because he needs as much sympathy as he can carry from yes. the universe. Yes, and uh, Zeb being away to sell the injury is the best thing that's happened to Swagger's character so far. It's helping him right now because now, as the real American Jack Swagger, he's not he's not spouting any rhetoric yeah, about Zeb, xenophobia. Zeb is well, because Zeb is the guy, is the one who has been talking about all that shit. He champions all the that time. cause, yeah, right? Yeah, and and Swagger doesn't really talk. He lets Zeb do the talking. But when he does talk, though, like you could see the desperation in the guy, and you could see the anger, and it was so raw that you couldn't help but empathize with the guy. Because when you think about it, and this is something I'm going to borrow from what you wrote, right? We've all been there. We've all yes, been we at our lowest points in our lives, yep. whether we failed at something, failed at school, failed in relationships and all that stuff. And we can just relate to one guy who just needs that one win, that one victory to get his ass back up. Right. And this is where I said, where I say in my piece, I'm borrowing a shoemakerism here. Uh-huh. I say in my piece right. that Swagger has a chance to be a guy everyone can, user- can universally stand up with. Can you can universally get behind? Right. So I hope he I hope they run with it and go all the way with Swagger as the sympathetic face. I hope that there is a natural progression here. I I hope so too. I mean I'm liking it. I'm getting invested in the feud, and that's I, I think as big a oh, compliment right. as I, as I can give right now to both Jack Swagger and Bo Dallas. And I would like to make a side note that JBL is doing his best work as a heel commentator when he rags on Swagger. For letting America down, you know I appreciate that Nagbabaling being JBL because that's that's what a heel commentator should yeah. do. Yeah, and he's actually advancing. He's actually furthering the face character of Jack Swagger when he when he when you when he kind of um, senselessly derides Swagger for letting America down, being a traitor to America. He even goes so far to call him a traitor. Right, right. Diba? And- Parang, oh, come on, come on, JBL, cut him some slack. And that's where you realize now, oh shit, JBL's healing it up. And he's doing it very damn well. And JBL heals it up in order to ma- to provide a stark contrast to Swagger's em- uh, sympathetic face character. So lalo maawa kay Jack Swagger as a viewer, like and, wuchang kupali JBL. And, and that's Jack brilliant. Swagger tried his best. I don't know. I don't know who's doing that. I don't know if it's uh, on JBL's initiative. Right. But it's brilliant. And but this is not me saying that JBL is a good commentator. He's far away from his golden uh, days back in 07. Yeah, other than when he goes to other segments, when he calls other segments, what he go he goes back to his old self. Keep getting them checks, John. Yeah. So g- good on you JBL for for furthering Jack Swagger's character. And our last item on this week's spots and botches is a botch, and it's about the uh, the family reconciliation segment between Brie Bella 
and Nikki Bella. Let's start it off by stating the obvious. We've said this last week on the podcast. The Bellas are bad actresses. There's a reason why they didn't stay they didn't stay away from the WWE for a very long time. For a moment there, actually, I thought Nikki was doing a good job healing it up again. So did I. But then you get to the end, and then she keeps saying, I wish you died in the womb. And it was kind of weird. And I don't understand how... Okay, fine. I thought it was cute when Brie Bella brought up the part where when we were babies in the ultrasound in our mother's womb, we were holding hands. And then Nikki strikes back by saying, you weren't holding my hand. You were doing what you've been doing all this time, holding me back. And I kind of don't get that logic because when you're holding someone's hand, but you can't hold someone back by holding their hand. Everything about this feud is stupid. And I'm just really glad that they didn't do the whole, well, they didn't really touch upon the whole Daniel Bryan affair Thing that Steph brought up, so, right? Yay, yay for that at least. At least, yeah, because you know Daniel Bryan kind of spoke up about that. Oh, now. and and the most unintentionally hilarious line of the night. I wish you died in the womb. Heavy stuff, Nikki. Heavy stuff. May <laughs> pinanghuhugutan. All right, uh, that's going to do it for our list of the things we liked and didn't like about wrestling this week. We call that spots and botches. We're introducing a brand new segment this week on the SGP podcast. We've said time and again that our primary objective in this podcast is to educate and to inform. Right. And with that, you know, we noticed that, or we noticed that we used a lot of wrestling terms in in our podcast, the way we speak to each other. Right. And you only you only get familiar with these terms if if you're a smart. Right. If you're a smart. If you're if you're clued in. Well, everyone knows wrestling is scripted, but they don't really know the words. The, the business actually uses Sometimes uh, You know You can actually figure out What we mean When we use these terms Yeah uh, context, context clues. clues Yeah right Right uh, That's what our reading teachers Were for in school But you know For most of us Or for most newcomers You kind of might wonder Why we say Word A or word B And that's why We're introducing this segment On the SGP podcast We call this The word, word of, of the, the week. week And the word of the week is Sandbag Right We've been using sandbag For the past two episodes uh, Mostly uh, in context, within the context of Paige and AJ, but the word sandbag actually means to actually physically hold down another wrestler as he attempts to perform a move. Because, um, as you all know, if you don't, if well, if you don't know, now you know, nigga. Uh, <laughs> hello, shout out to the big uh, notorious Big. <laughs> uh, so, if you don't know. The way wrestlers perform moves on each other is that they don't use all their strength in lifting up. Let's say. A wrestler A does not use all his strength in lifting up wrestler B for a suplex, and right? they do that for for practicality. Yeah, of course, and you know, for you know, so that you don't get tired out, and so that it comes off better on on the viewer, on the audience. For sure, yeah. So, so for in in the suplex example, wrestler B will jump up and roll, maybe roll through. So that the wrestler A has enough momentum to properly pull off the suplex as you know it best. Now, when you sandbag, that means you actually don't cooperate. And that's yeah. how you hold down your yeah, opponent. You, you keep your weight down. You don't uh, move along with the opponent as he, as he tries to perform the move. And, but as we do it, um, as we say it in the context of Paige and AJ, it's kind of the same thing. AJ, uh, AJ isn't sandbagging Paige by you know not cooperating with her in a match, but more of... Not giving it her best, right? With with when it, when she's working with Paige, and again, that's my theory and speculation. And that's how you define the word sandbag. And that is our word of the, the week. week. 
And this segment was brought to you by the letters A and J. <laughs> You're welcome. The following segment is brought to you by the Aaron Haddad Talent Agency. We do all the jobs. And the Mike Mizanin College of Psychology. It's a no-brainer. Ladies and gentlemen, after a few weeks of absence, it is back with a brand new attack. Attack, 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 attack. This week, we are doubling up. Up, 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 up. This is... Silence! The Damien Sandow Weekly Update! And for this week, we said doubling up because he worked as the Mrs. Stunt Double. And, wow. And that's pretty genius, right? It was. I loved it. It, it fits so well with Mrs. Hollywood yeah, superstar gimmick. Oh, God. What did we think of this? The moneymaker gimmick. The only thing that probably could have made that segment better was if Alex Riley was Mrs. Stunt Double. Right. And I was expecting, you know, when, when Miz was trying to introduce his stunt double, I was expecting A or I. And it would have been so much more hilarious. But uh, Damien Mizdow actually worked. And can you believe... That Damien Sandow wrestles better as the Miss than as himself. I don't know if that was a conscious de- uh, decision on Aaron Haddad, the individual, but whoever's decision it was for Sandow to wrestle better as the Miss and as himself, wow, that was so good. It was just so good in the sense that. Sandow kind of got how Miz puts on the figure four leg lock without even loosening up the hamstrings. Right, and well, it was it was a quick match, so maybe that's why. Uh, maybe Damien Sandow was just trying to get in the the figure four spot, just you know, just so he just so people could say that he actually did Miz. But if um if you might not have noticed this, but he did actually take on the Miz's move set a bit there, and that's. Wow, that's really, you know, that, that makes Sandow underrated as a wrestler. You know how in WWE 2K, you actually have one of, one of those abilities, Move Thief. Think about a guy who's on constant Move Thief mode. Right. That's what Damon Sandow was last week on Raw. Right. It, it, you know, it proves that he can you know, pull off whatever he wants to pull off. And that's good for Damon Sandow. I mean, you know, for as lousy a gimmick he has right now... You know, Jocks, by the way, is getting a lot of points from this asshole. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, you know, for, for as lousy a gimmick as he does right now, he's serving a purpose, and that purpose is what's keeping him employed right now. It's kind of sad, though, that at this time last year, he's, he was Mr. Money in the Bank. Right, and wow, it's almost coming up, though. One-year anniversary of his cash-in. Right, which uh, he lost to John Cena. But then again, in a good you know, match, by the way. You it, should see that. Right, in a good match. But the fact that he is still employed is a good thing. You know, because it's never a good thing to see people lose their jobs. But that's about it for the Damien Sandow Weekly Update. You're welcome. All right, so let's go to our main topic now. So the big story now on the WWE in the WWE is that Cena has officially declared his uh, that he is invoking his rematch clause against Brock Lesnar at Night of Champions um, next month. And when you think about it in a pay-per-view setup, especially when a big championship is involved, you would think the obvious way. Now it was it was a no-brainer for John Cena to just invoke his rematch clause right then and there for the next pay-per-view. Right, and I've been seeing people online, on the internet, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, forums, they've been complaining that it's too soon for Cena to come back 
and challenge for the for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Now. What are you talking about? How is it too soon? Like I honestly don't get it. I mean, uh, remember right? when, when Chris Benoit won the championship at WrestleMania 20? Right. Hunter cashed in his rematch clause at at Backlash. Right. So did Shawn Michaels, and that's one of many examples of wrestlers losing their no, championships because, because... and then cashing in the rematch at the very next uh, pay per view. No, yo, here's the thing. Um, the people's gripes uh, here is that. They expect Cena to sell the uh, the beatdown he took at the hands of Lesnar, as though um, he was Zeb Coulter getting a stiff kick from Rusev. But this is John Cena we're talking about. He wasn't injured. He wasn't sent to the hospital. Exactly my point. That's the thing I want to get into. I mean, first of all, yeah, Cena was not injured. The match did not leave him injured. It just left him KO'd probably, but yeah. not injured. And he didn't break anything at all. Right. And but I'm okay. Um, if you weren't injured, if you weren't uh, as brittle as the Undertaker after WrestleMania 30, but okay, take a, take a week off to recuperate and come Which back next did. week. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it does. I would I would understand Cena uh, not being there the night after he gets his beat down, but after seven days, come on, it should be it you should have to be go back it should to be work, John. He, yeah, he should be raring to go. And I wouldn't be surprised that he's actually raring to go. I mean. He suffered a he suffered an ass kicking. Everything Brock Lesnar said in the promos leading up to SummerSlam, the whole blood, urine, vomit shtick, it wasn't a prediction. It was a spoiler alert. That's right. Right. And well, my thing on it is that people are still expecting that Cena is human, that he sucks, that he's not, you know, a championship Hall of Fame worthy wrestler. Let me tell you something, brother. John Cena could just very well be the greatest of all time. And we'll tell you why. Okay, rumors have been uh, going around that Cena actually has nagging injuries and he's actually moving slower than before. And MDJ from the Smart Gidas Pilipinas Facebook group ha- has said it on the group. If you have a bum neck, you're not taking 16 German suplexes. Yeah. Let me say that again. 16 German suplexes. No. Well, or maybe he does have a bum neck and he still took the 16 suplexes anyway. And the fact that he did that and that he's raring to fight again, it, you know, I, I mean, we're not one to encourage and, and meta storytelling and, and, and or a, blurring the no, lines. No, no, no. And not just that. And the rumor and the reports that say that he's been moving slower physically. Have you seen the way he moved at last Monday's Raw? He was he was better than ever, yo. Like I didn't notice as much. I and mean, and that if if he's working like that through all the pain he's feeling right now, and I'm, I'm sure he has to be feeling some pain because uh, if you remember last year, last October, he tried to get uh, on the sidelines but had to come back real quick because right. uh, the company needed him. Right. And I'm sure there is there's got to be some some issues nagging him. You know, the company does need John now more than ever, especially no, because right, they yeah. don't really have a top yeah. baby face so, aside from, from, yeah, so from him. For Cena to work like that, given these reported injuries, that makes him superhuman. And In reality, in, mind you. In reality. And not just ha- Super Cena in kayfabe, but in reality. And guys, yo, you might not like this, but you have to start accepting that the Cena character is really just damn superhuman. And, you know, for me personally... Um, even though it's kind of boring, it's kind of bland uh, that you know guy wins all the time, never really in- gets injured so badly. Um, it it's what makes me it's what makes Cena larger than life for me. 
Yeah, but it's it makes him awesome in my maybe it's not your cup of tea, I get it, but you have to start accepting it. Ro, let's listen to some of the arguments on the other side. Some people would say and it's just so annoying that after every beatdown, after every ass kicking, John Cena just keeps getting back up. Never give up. You know, he keeps standing back up on his own two feet. You know who else has done that? Dean Ambrose. Titty Master. Titty Master, you know, g- come on guys. I don't see anyone complaining about the way Dean Ambrose gets back up every night after all the shit he's been taking from the authority. He's been put he's been curb stomped on some some steps, I think. Cinder blocks. Not not, not just the cinder blocks. We'll get to that in a bit. But he's been taking so much shit. He's been you know, he's got a beat down from Cesaro in an ODQ match. He's been taken out by the authority backstage. Seth Rollins curb stomped his head through um, something metal. I, can, I don't remember which right now. And and now that we mention it, the cinder blocks. He doesn't even stay down for that. Uh, the storyline that came out after the cinder block segment was that he escaped the medical authorities. Come on, he's not even dead. Hell, Dean Ambrose is more superhuman than Roman Reigns at this point. Yeah, exactly. And they're building Maybe up Roman as an ex-Superman. And come on, guys, come on. How come you don't complain about that? How come you don't complain about Dean Ambrose? Because I was pretty close. As, I was pretty close to complaining about it. Like, if it wasn't, if it, if it wasn't so damn entertaining, I would have, um, you know, really gotten my gripe on about it. I get where the gripes are coming from. I get how it probably is no, a yeah, double no, standard. Yeah. I, I get where it's coming from. I get that people don't want to see Cena come back so soon. I, I mean, you know... And because it's John Cena all over again, whereas Dean Ambrose is no, someone new, yeah, someone and, fresh, someone yeah, young. Right, right. And, well, the arguments they're giving is that Cena coming back so soon is hurting Brock Lesnar as a dominant champion. I don't think so. I, I, don't I never think so thought well, that, because, uh, you know, Cena coming back so soon... Honestly, Brock honestly my thing about this is that... Okay, I'm kind of judging you guys a bit here, but... My thing about it is that you make this argument because you don't like Cena. Not liking Cena is fine, right? It's, I mean, of course, it's your, you're entitled to your own opinion. Yeah, you can like who you want. You can dislike who you want. As a fan, you're entitled to that. But at least, you know, give, it, give Dean Ambrose the same shit. At least it, be consistent with your argument. Because if you're going to say Cena coming back so soon hurts Lesnar... You gotta say that Dean Ambrose getting up each and every time hurts Seth Rollins, hurts Kane, hurts Randy Orton, Triple H, everyone who tried, who's tried to put him out over the last month or two. Besides, if it wasn't John Cena coming back to invoke his rematch clause, who in their right minds would step up and fight exactly, Brock Lesnar? Exactly, that's another point. Who you got, Roman Reigns, of all people? I don't think so. Mr. I don't think five, Mr. five Moves, moves of Doom Five Moves and a Cup of Coffee? Mr. Five Moves Only. Uh, well, until a few weeks ago, I guess. When but, he busted out that DDT in the okay. suplex. Yeah, but no, he, no. And yeah, not just that, but I'm, okay, not, who are you going to have uh, as a championship contender? Roman Reigns, right? Or, um, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is not going to be smart enough, uh, dumb enough to challenge Brock Lesnar for a championship. And let's assume, though, that the WWE World Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar is not going to have a contender. Yeah. Are we actually going to allow who's Night top, of Champions yeah, who's to your happen? Top feud? Right, are we actually going to allow Night of Champions to happen without a WWE World Heavyweight Championship Guys, who is your top feud? What, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> or who, what? Uh, I mean, Seth Roman, palang, we're already crapping on it as is. Just because of the logic on the Roman no, Reigns no, character. No, 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 no. Well, well, don't get me wrong. I'm, I think that Seth is going to be a better opponent for Roman than Randy Orton was. But... It's not a you know a top of the card match or and, feud, and we're not turning Randy Orton face anytime soon because the last time we checked, Brock Lesnar's kind of an authority mercenary right now. And who is going to be your intercontinental uh, your your main event, the intercontinental championship match, Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz, who opened SummerSlam? It's not going to happen. 
it, it just realistically no, yeah, Cena, is not going to happen. Cena has to be addressed there. Cena has to be addressed then. It's and a big elephant in the room that you just have to have to address. Yo, I'm going to say this. Guys, I'm going to agree with you that uh, Cena challenging Lesnar again is a, is a damaging thing if Cena wins at Night of Champions. There, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to agree with you if that happens. So let's put but it out it there right ha- now. Yeah. Your prediction is that Lesnar retains an NOC. Well, that's what I said last week when I booked the whole Cena Lesnar thing, right? So if that happens, I'm agreeing with you. No, no questions asked. But yeah, I agree. Lesnar should not be dropping the title so soon again. And and it's going to be up to who up to WWE. It's going to be up to Vince, Creative, Triple H, whoever is running this shit right now, to find a new star and bring up bring him up to beat Lesnar. I just hope that Daniel Bryan comes back by November. I mean, uh, if nah, you been reading the I reports, think, I don't think it's gonna happen. Jeez, man, you just I have don't to, think like, it's gonna happen. Kill my fire before it even sparks. I know. No, well, because I do want him to come back on the Royal Rumble. By the Royal Rumble, wow! So he can finally get that Royal Rumble victory. I can get behind that. No, don't get me wrong. I can get behind that, and right. you know, yeah, we know so, how, how big of a homer so, I am. So to sum up our rant. To sum up our rant. Rant lang ba talaga? Not an educational discussion. I have to rant it because everyone's been, everyone's a bit, you know, short-sighted on, on this. Kind of, I mean, yeah, fine. Shots fired. People are kind of short-sighted on this. But I'm, they, they're too quick to jump the gun on, on seeing something that could damage their new golden boy in Brock Lesnar. Because whoa, know, whoa, whoa, whoa! Who called Brock Lesnar the new golden boy? The, the new IWC golden boy. I don't think so. I kind of disagree with that. Cause like, really. Um, I've always thought, and this is in my head here. No, no. When I say the IWC, it's the people who, you know, are kind of negative, who don't like Cena for what he is. But aren't you and I members of the IWC? We are. You, no, no, our no, listeners, no, no. members no, yeah, of the IWC. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Uh, when, and that's actually the kind of thing I I talk about when I mention the IWC. It's like uh, I kind of want to distance myself from the IWC because they're all, you know, they don't really think or well. Uh, they don't. It's not, I don't want to say that they don't think their opinions through, but they just have myopic opinions, I guess. I don't know who. I don't know how to to you know lump this this group of people because when you say IWC, because I'm already Montayo. Yeah, I know, no, no, no. It's everyone it's, else it's actually a, has its head on their shoulders. It's a paradoxical thing when I when I rag on the IWC. No. But now that you mention it, I still kind of don't believe though that the IWC Golden Boy right now is Brock Lesnar. If anything, I like to think it's still guys like Ambrose. Sure. I think it's still guys no, like no, no. you know guys like no. Cesaro. On the top level, it's Brock. Don't get me wrong, it's Brock. Because he's beaten Cena, and it's a breath of fresh air. Okay, so yeah, they don't they want Brock to stay for a long time, and I get that. You know, I I can't blame you. I mean, sure, we'll get the trade off that uh, Brock Lesnar uh, will probably be making just part time appearances every now and then. We get that, right? But you know, uh, for the most part, I don't know. Um, He's not my golden boy. Uh, He's a, I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to distance myself, and I, I get the argument. You know, I, I, I get that, but I don't know. I, I just can't see it happening. Nah, everybody is right behind Lesnar. No, That's just something. No, I no, no. Okay, when I say the I, when I say the IWC, it's the vocal opinionated minority on the internet. Basically, the people punk used to uh, used to. Be the leader of so. There to speak. you go, and I, I am well aware that I am included in this group. Okay, and it's a kind of it's kind of a paradox, kind of an oxymoron that I want to distance myself from these people. Right, 
And it's no, no, no. You know what? People like me who are quick to rag on the IWC are also quick to lump them, lump people who disagree with me, with with my opinion, as members of the IWC. It's easy to it's easy to position yourself as a me versus the IWC. And you know, guys, um, if you disagree with my opinion, I'm not really, I'm not really dissing you or anything. Some of you who have disagreed with my opinion or have opinions I don't agree with, you're my good friends on the internet. Um, and I consider you all friends, peers who are capable of giving the that that you know that intelligent discussion that I so desire. But yeah, we we yeah, do and, but, appreciate. No, 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 I'm, I'm I'm healing on you guys because well, I gotta defend my opinion. But we do appreciate <laughs> that every time. I love you. you. I love I say. love you guys. I love you guys. And I just I just don't agree with this. I just don't agree. I think we're just jumping the gun here. I think we're taking this shit a little bit too seriously. And I'm the guy who writes about it. But what do you think? Agree? Disagree? Don't care? Remaining neutral for now? Wait and see. Let us know. We are on Twitter. Follow us. Chat with us. Use the hashtag SGP Podcast, especially if you're bringing something up that you actually heard right here on the SGP Podcast. It's at Stan947. At Rose War. So again, again, I, I was going to say, I was going to sum it up, but I wasn't able to get around to summing it up. To sum it up, to sum up our rant... Let's wait and see, Muna, before we vilify the Brock Lesnar and John Cena feud at this point. Because it's easy to see, it's easy to lose faith in the WWE because um, we only get these things, you know, day to day, week to week. We don't get the whole thing. We can't fast forward to anything. It's only, I guess, after some time yeah. it separated us when we can backtrack and then see the big picture. Right. That's how Steve Jobs. It's only when you connect the dots, that's when you can see the big right. picture. So, Yinya, the bottom line is Cena coming back uh, after two weeks, after, after his beatdown, it does not diminish the strength, the greatness, the power of the conqueror, of the beast, Brock Lesnar. No, I don't. I don't see it that way. I don't. I don't think he is weak. I don't think he is any less untouchable. I think it's damn well logical that Cena goes after Brock Lesnar right now. Exactly. There you go. When when, when Lesnar is at his most cocky, because Lesnar did not put Cena in the hospital. He did not put him on a stretcher. He did not injure him. Uh, it was pretty damn close, but it did not happen. There was no. There were no Kimuras that Cena had to fight to get out of. And when you take a look at it practically, if not Cena, then who? Siginga, you tell us. Right. Who can fill in John Cena's shoes right now? I don't but, think there's anybody. So, Yunya, if you, if you still don't agree, that's fine. But let's just wait and see where this goes. Because the pay-per-view is where the big stuff happens. And ideally. it's like three weeks away. Right. So, let's, let's, let's just hang on for a bit. Hang on to our seats. Not jump the gun just yet. Because, you know, for all we know, we might get a good pleasant surprise. And with that, uh, that, I guess that wraps up our discussion on our main topic this week on uh, John Cena challenging Brock Lesnar right this second for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Night of Champions. Right. We're going to close the podcast in just a bit. But before that, let's give to you our pick of the week. And this segment is all about that one thing in wrestling that was must-see this week. Right. You go first. No, you go first. All right. My pick of the week this week is a, is the Brock Lesnar promo. And there's a reason why I'm picking... A Brock Lesnar promo. Not a Paul Heyman promo. Right, right, yeah. We talked about this. But a Brock Lesnar promo. And there's a reason for that. That reason is Brock Lesnar can still be very, very menacing. Provided that his interviews are conducted 
backstage, they're conducted indoors, not in front of a live crowd. See, the reason why, and I'm telling you this as a public speaker, and I was telling Ro this, yeah, okay. I actually do want to mentor people in public speaking one day. <laughs> okay, right. And whether that leads to helping people out cut promos or give good speeches, you know, whatever, as long as I can help people. But when you're, giving a, when you, when you're cutting a promo in front of a live, live crowd, you have to use your diaphragm when you speak. You have to maximize your voice. Maximize your voice. But Brock Lesnar's voice is actually very high-pitched. He's one of those very few people who are not blessed with the right, uh, the, the, the right pitch and the right tone of his voice. So when he, tries to, when he tries to modulate his voice to speak in front of a live crowd, he sounds like a, he sounds like a sissy. He sounds like a wimp. Yeah, he does. And he sounds like somebody who's so easy to make fun of, yeah, right? He, well, if you haven't seen the YouTube video of the Brock Lesnar primal scream... You, you should you should go check it out. You're missing out on some funny stuff right there. And that's the best example right there, the Brock Lesnar primal scream. Another example is if you go back to his pro- when he was cutting his own promos in 0203, how he wasn't exactly blessed with good genes in terms of the voice. And that's I, did, why- I did like him as a heel then. But well, maybe it's because he was a big dude. Right. So even if he had a pussy-ass voice... I still feared him as a heel. Not, not to be misogynistic. That's exactly why I avoided using that term, <laughs> my friend. And the, well, there is a term for that. Bopic. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah. I, um, I don't have to break it down for you. You know what that is. Right. So, so uh, Yun, that's exactly why uh, Brock Lesnar sounds more menacing indoors. Because when you speak indoors, right, you're speaking with the camera and with, with a microphone aimed just at you. You can actually modulate your voice and make it sound a little bit deeper. And that's how, as a big guy, imagine a balance out in your voice where you can start sounding menacing like this. Right. And you can play with your voice and sound really angry. And at the same time, sound so fucking menacing. Right. Like I'm going to tear your fucking head off and right that's now. A good, and that's a good thing because um, that proves that Brock doesn't always need Heyman. That's right. Because okay, um, Heyman's the best talker in the business right now, but... Of course, you got to get over in your own sometimes. And Heyman can't be there forever. Right. And it proves that. It makes him even more menacing, as you said. It, it, puts, him over, it puts him over even more that he can, he can also, you know, talk you into shitting yourself. Which he did. And I love the entire promo. I love the package with the pictures of John Cena as a little boy. Lesnar just taunting Cena and everything Cena believes in, everything Cena stands for. It was brilliant. Good storytelling once again. I have a feeling that Paul wrote that for him. <laughs> I was about to say that as well. See, you and I were just on the same wavelength tonight more than ever. But that's my pick of the week, the Brock Lesnar promo on Raw from this week. Okay, so this, for my pick of the week, actually I have two pick of the week, picks of the week. But if I could have it my way, I'd have more because it was a good night for, uh, it was a good week for wrestling. Um, one of them actually is, uh, you know, we, we talk so much about the WWE that we forget sometimes that there are other wrestling promotions out there. And we just don't have that much time, I guess, or, you know, that much space to devote to other promotions and well well this isn't my official pick of the week but you should go check out last week's TNA Impact Wrestling show uh, it was a special called Hardcore Justice yep uh, there was a good match between Loki and Samoa Joe for the X Division Championship again that's not my pick of the week yet I have two picks of the week uh, official picks of the week and it's for two different kinds of wrestling fan wrestling viewer for my first pick of the week, it's 
a match you may not have seen, you definitely have not seen on your usual wrestling routine. It's Emma versus Alicia Fox on last week's Superstars, which is uh, a WWE.com exclusive or a network exclusive, I think. It only runs for an hour. Nowadays, uh, you might catch it on, I don't know, Solar. You know, this reminds me of one of your old segments in your your regular column. The best match you didn't see this week. So Emma versus Alicia Fox, really good match for what it is. It runs for, I think, nine minutes. Which is more than you can say for most of his matches now. Hell, more than Paige and AJ got. Exactly. And Emma is a good wrestler. Alicia Fox is a good wrestler. It just goes to show that that the Divas division has some, you know, buried gems. Not buried in the literal sense, in the in the wrestling sense, but you know, hidden gems that you can that the WWE can make some good out of if just they if they just use it properly. Yeah, but all right. That's right. one pick of the week. How about your next pick of the week? Okay, my next pick of the week is You're getting for... a free pass because it was a good week in wrestling. Yeah, it was. Um, it's this one is for the straightforward wrestling fan who just wants to see a straight up good match without any frills. Because the Emma versus Alicia Fox wasn't a masterpiece, but it was a solid, decent match, a solid, decent divas match. So for this one, it's. The main event of NXT last week. Uh, again, the tag team match I described in the Spots and Boshes list. Uh, Kalisto and Sin Cara versus Adam Rose and Sami Zayn. Go watch it. It's a really, really fun match. Um, a good match you, that that f- the four guys were able to deliver. So do check it out. Uh, do check out our picks of the week. And do keep checking us out on the iTunes store, on uh, on Android. On your favorite are, podcast app, right? Yeah, so Android. many podcast apps on the Android from uh, where you can actually download us. And, of course, we're on Buzzsprout. We've been spreading the links. Do follow us on Twitter. It's at Stan947. At Roa's War. And uh, just tell your friends. If your friends have watched wrestling, are watching wrestling, used to watch wrestling, they want to catch up, they want to know what's really going down. They want to, you know, they want to hear some opinions of what's going down. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But, you know, tell them for all the same. Or just be part of some intelligent conversations about right. wrestling. Download the show, listen to it, tell your friends. And join us on Facebook. We're part of a group 100 members strong as of today. 100 members strong. Facebook.com slash groups slash Mark Gilas Pilipinas. And right of course, there. shout out to our boys over at Mellow 94.7 for always being ge- generous and gracious with their equipment. And shout out to our boys at the Philippine Wrestling Revolution. They've got some big things cooking up for you soon. And we hope that we wish them the best in their endeavors. Not future, well, their future endeavors, but their endeavors all the same. It's happening in September, so do watch out for that. Meanwhile, Ro and I, we're also c- cooking up some big things for ourselves and for the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast, but we'll be updating you on those things yeah, as details just become available. For, wish us luck on that. Wish us luck for now. Do pray for us if you believe in a higher being, because we do. And we need all the good vibes, the good mojo we can get. We're going to sign off now and head, head off into our own version of, of uh, Friday and the weekend. You stay safe, be good, be nice. We'll catch you on the next episode of the SGP Podcast. Peace!